0: Side San Bernardino, Inland Empire, and listeners around the world, welcome to the True Seekers Radio Show. I'm your host, Angeline Marie. Thanks for taking the time to join us this morning. We're broadcasting from our flagship station, KCAA, 1050 AM, the station that leaves no listener behind. If you're located in the Southern California Inland Empire, you'll find us on KCAA 1050 on the AM dial. And if not, you can find us streaming on kcaaradio.com or talkstreamlive.com. You can also hear our program rebroadcast on Liberty Works Radio Network at libertyworksradionetwork.com or on Red State Talk Radio at redstatetalkradio.com, and you can check their websites for broadcast days and times. You can also find podcasts posted on kcaaradio.com to listen at your leisure. And don't forget, you can always find out more about our show at truthseekersradioshow.com. Today, my guest is Chaplain Gordon James Klingenschmidt, PhD, and he's going to tell us his story. He's a former U.S. Navy chaplain who made national headlines by standing up for the rights of military chaplains to pray publicly in Jesus' name. By sacrificing his 16 year career and a million dollar pension, He helped overturn national policy and secured the rights of chaplains of all faiths to pray according to their conscience. Welcome, Chaplain. How are you doing today?
1: I'm well. God bless you, Angeline, and God bless your listeners in Jesus' name. Can I say that on your show?
0: Oh, absolutely. And listen, Chaplain, we thank you so much for joining us today. I know you have a lot of good information to share with me and the listeners, so Chaplain, I sort of uh, would like you to start, if possible, at the beginning of your story when you were thrown into the limelight. And I believe, for those maybe who never heard your story before, that might have happened in around 2005 or six. Could you begin there?
1: Yes. Uh, In fact, even before that, I'm a graduate of the U.S. Air Force Academy. I spent 11 years as a Air Force missile officer, and they wouldn't let me be a chaplain. I. They said they had too many Protestants, so I switched services. I actually took a demotion and a pay cut to become a chaplain in the U.S. Navy, and finally I could preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I was, uh, I suppose, commissioned to wear the cross of Jesus Christ on my Navy uniform, representing my Christian church, uh, and it was really a privilege to me. I was assigned to a cruiser, USS Anzio. I went to Operation Iraqi Freedom. Our ship launched Tomahawk missiles into Baghdad. So here I am, a wartime chaplain, uh, Air Force grad, trying to get my sea legs, right? But many of the sailors came to faith in Jesus Christ. It was a very fruitful time of ministry. I led 45 sailors on my ship to the Lord, and Uh, We had several baptisms, and we saw several miracles and answers to prayer. So when we came back uh, to Norfolk, Virginia, I led my sailors every Friday. We would feed homeless people, and uh, we won community service awards, including Best Small Ship in the Navy, for my chaplain program. So I had a very successful career until one day— my commanding officer punished me for quoting the Bible in church. There was a tragic event on our ship. One of my sailors, a friend of mine who I led to faith in Jesus Christ, died tragically in a motorcycle wreck. And when I was invited to preach at his Christian memorial service, which was different than the secular memorial service, they had... A candlelight service on the ship, I was not there for that. They had a 21-gun salute, open microphone for anyone to remember their friend. Uh, But I was asked to provide, preside at the other memorial service, the Christian one, in the chapel. Optional attendance, Saturday afternoon. And you might expect to hear the chaplain quote the Bible. And that's what I did. I said, I have good news. This sailor is in heaven today because of his faith in Jesus Christ. And I quoted John 3:36. Now, that's a very controversial scripture in your Bible because it says, if anyone believes in the Son, he has eternal life. If anyone does not believe in Jesus, he does not have eternal life, for God's wrath remains upon him. Well, my commanding officer rolled his eyes and called me into his stateroom on Monday morning. He said, chaplain, I heard you say that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Well, I've never accepted Jesus as my Savior, so are you telling me that I'm not saved? And I said, well, forgive me, Skipper, I never mentioned your name. All I did was read the Bible. And maybe you applied that to yourself, and you found yourself needing salvation. Um, I can help you. Let's pray together. He said, no, no, uh, I'm not interested in your religion. Instead, I want to punish you for your sermon. And he did that three times in writing. He punished me with a letter of instruction. He downgraded my evaluation. And finally, he told the Navy board, don't renew this chaplain's contract. Essentially, kick him out of the Navy, because he overemphasized his own faith system in his sermons and in his prayers. Well, now my 14-year career in the military was about to end, you're right? You know, I'm about to be fired as a chaplain because I quoted the Bible in church. So I called a lawyer for the Rutherford Institute. I said, hey, what's happening here? Can I get some legal advice? He said, well, did you know, Gordon, we already have 65 chaplains who are suing the Navy? They're all evangelical, either Baptist or Pentecostal, and they cannot get promoted if if they pray and preach in Jesus' name. So I thought, well, it's not going to make sense to add one more voice to that lawsuit. They already have 65 chaplains suing. Uh, maybe I should go to the U.S. Congress instead. Now, my undergrad degree from the Air Force Academy is in political science, and I thought about how to wake up the entire Congress at one time. And you know, I figured the only way to do that is to get people making phone calls, and The only way to get people making phone calls is to get my story into the newspapers, and so I became a whistleblower. I actually held a press conference in front of the White House, and I did not wear my uniform that day, but I declared a hunger strike, and I said, I'm a chaplain. I'm being fired for preaching the gospel, for quoting the Bible in church, and this communion bread will be the last meal that I eat until the president of the United States gives me back my uniform and lets me pray and preach in Jesus name. So I went on a hunger strike. I drank water only for 18 days. I lost 14 pounds, but my story ran on the front page of the New York times, front page of the Washington post, front page of the Washington times, three times I was doing all the national talk shows, uh, CNN, MSNBC, Tucker Carlson, uh, Hannity and Combs, and the world explained, excuse me, the newspapers explained to the world why it was okay for a chaplain to be fired for quoting the Bible in church. And the Navy brass was under a lot of pressure, right? They got a lot of phone calls from angry citizens going into Congress. Seventy-five congressmen wrote to the president on my behalf, and then the brass backpedaled, and they surrendered to religious freedom. And they renewed my contract for three more years, and they said, okay, we give you permission to pray and preach in Jesus' name, even in your uniform. They gave me written permission to do that. So I ended my hunger strike, and I went back to work. I had a brand-new contract for three more years. Uh, but do you think those admirals and those senior chaplains were happy to see me back at work?
2: Mm-mm. No.
1: They were angry. And so they began conspiring behind the scenes to find a different way to punish the chaplain. And about six weeks later, they wrote a new policy. The chief of Navy chaplains, two-star Admiral Louis Iasello, who was a Roman Catholic priest, wrote a policy, Secnav Instruction 1730.7C, and he got it signed by the Secretary of the Navy, Donald C. Winter. This is in... February of 2006 under the Bush administration. Well, Secretary Winter was new at his job, only had been in the seat for about six months at the time. Okay, Chaplain. Got-
0: if you, I'm sorry, Chaplain. If you could hold it right there, we got to take a quick break and we'll be back. Listeners, thanks for joining us today. Our guest is Chaplain Gordon James Klangenschmidt and we'll be back momentarily after this message. Mm-hmm.
3: The vault. Now you can listen to classic conservative Patriot Talk radio shows of yesteryear like Chuck Carter's For the People, Bill Cooper's Hour of the Time, Joyce Riley's Power Hour, Stan Monteith's Radio Liberty, Tom Donahue's Free Thinker Radio, and many other classic shows. Listen 24-7 at PatriotRadioClassics.com. That's PatriotRadioClassics.com.
4: Each year, millions of people fall for dangerous fad diets and bogus weight loss products. Here's how to separate facts from fad. This is registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics with your Eating Right Minute. Fad diets give lots of promises and few results. Some are even dangerous. Remember these warning signs. A guarantee of rapid weight loss is a red flag. For long-term success, aim to lose about one pound per week. Never follow a diet that bans an entire food group or one that allows you to only eat from one group. Finally, there is no proof that eating specific foods at certain times of the day will help with weight loss. To create an eating plan just for you, see a registered dietitian and visit www.eatright.org. Encouraging you to eat right, I'm registered dietitian Melissa Joy Dobbins with the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics.
0: back. You're listening to the True Seekers radio show today. Our guest is Gordon Jane, James Klingenschmidt, former U.S. Navy chaplain, and we're discussing his experience in the military after praying in Jesus' name. So, chaplain, pick up your story from there.
1: Thank you, Angeline. God bless you again, and God bless your listeners. By the way, our website is PrayInJesusName.org, and mm-hmm. all these— Uh, Facts are documented, over 70 proof documents, if you click the contact uh, button on PrayInJesusName.org. So as I was saying, I had been punished by my commander for quoting the Bible in church, uh, improperly so, I believe. And I staged a hunger strike in front of the White House, and the Navy brass backpedaled, and renewed my contract after 75 congressmen wrote to the president on my behalf. So I had a brand new contract, I go back to work, and of course the senior chaplains and uh, admirals are very angry with me for having embarrassed them in the press. And they began to conspire and they wrote a new policy. CETNAB Instruction 1730.7C was signed about six weeks later. And this new policy required non-sectarian prayers by all Navy chaplains, not just me, but uh, any chaplain who uses illegal words like Jesus in your prayers can be punished by your commanding officer if it's not inside of a Sunday chapel. Well, many times chaplains are invited to say an invocation or a benediction at a public ceremony, uh, and This policy went even one step further. It said that commanders can punish any chaplain basically who prays in Jesus' name, uh, no matter where they do that, if it's not inside of a Sunday morning chapel service. Well, I read this policy, and I figure if they're going to punish chaplains who pray in Jesus' name and talk about Jesus, I want to be the first. I volunteer to violate this policy as a test case. And... I stood in front of the White House again on March 31st of 2006. I wore my full-dress uniform on a Thursday morning, and I prayed in Jesus' name on national television. I refused to make any statements to the press. I refused to criticize the policy or anything. All I did was read the Prayer for the Armed Forces out of the Book of Common Prayer, perhaps a prayer that might have been prayed one time by General George Washington himself our first president. And my prayer ended with the words, through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Well, just by saying those words, I violated the policy. So I went back to work the next day and I explained to my supervisors what I had done. I said, here it is, um, I violated your policy. What? What do you, how are you going to enforce it? And they tried to punish me quietly with a piece of paper in my record and I said, no, I demand my legal right to a court-martial. I want a trial. And God bless the Navy brass, they granted my request. So now it goes to a trial, and there's a judge and a jury and a prosecutor, and I'm on defense for my faith. And it was just like in the movies, right? You, you remember Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. Well, in this case, the truth was Jesus Christ, and the military could not handle or at least uh the judge was confused about how to enforce the policy because you would think we've all taken an oath to support and defend the constitution of the united states but there are some domestic enemies of the constitution lurking in washington and this judge was beholden to them for his career and next promotion and so he did what he was expected i suppose and he enforced the new navy policy as if it had more power than the Constitution. And he wrote in his opinion that I violated a lawful order, which is a misdemeanor crime. I mean, I'm not going to go to jail for this or anything. But the lawfulness of the order that I was given depended entirely on the bad Navy policy that I was violating. And the judge wrote in his opinion that public worship, now get that, public worship is protected inside of Sunday Chapel only. That since I was praying on a Thursday morning outside the White House, I was not engaged in public worship. Instead, I was worshiping in public. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And worshiping in public, he said, is not protected by law, can be punished as a misdemeanor crime, guilty of violating lawful orders by worshiping in public in his uniform outside of chapel. Well, tears of joy came to my eyes that day. That was September 14th, 2006, in a Virginia courtroom. And I was happy, ironically, for having been punished, because I remembered in the Bible, in Acts chapter 4, where Peter and John, the disciples of Jesus, they were called in front of the Pharisees, and they were ordered, you must not preach or teach or anything at all in Jesus' name. But they answered, Who are you, Pharisees? Should we obey men, or should we obey God? And they disobeyed men, and they obeyed God, and they kept on preaching and teaching in Jesus' name. And they were flogged in Acts chapter 5, but they rejoiced that they were found worthy to share in the suffering of Jesus Christ. So this is a mystery to many people, but it was something I I began to understand that day that I can have great joy to join in the suffering of Jesus Christ, having been punished for my faith. And God showed me a small miracle that day, about a 1,000 miles off the coast of Virginia. Hurricane Gordon was swelling at full strength, and my first name is Gordon. (laughs) And so I think God has a sense of humor, and my story ran in 500 newspapers that week. It was even published in Pravda, the former Soviet mouthpiece of uh, Russia, uh, under the headline, U.S. Army Being Made Atheistic. Well, now the former Soviets are accusing us of becoming atheists. So everything is upside down. You know, when General George Washington founded the chaplaincy on 7 July 1776, uh, after the Declaration of Independence, he stood before the new army and he said, we're going to appoint chaplains, and they'll be paid 33 to $30 per month. They'll be appointed as commissioned officers and saluted, and every soldier should attend divine services, and any soldier who disrespects the chaplain will be court-martialed by order of General George Washington. Well, now 200 years later, everything's upside down, and now we're court-martialing the chaplain mm-hmm. for praying in the wrong place at the wrong time in the wrong uniform. So it was... Strange to me that America has turned its way, or at least the government, and certain people in the government, have denied religious freedom to our people. Well, it wasn't just strange to me. It was strange to 85% of the polled Americans who agreed with me. Only 15% supported the Navy. And hundreds of thousands of Americans, now 300,000 Americans, signed a petition to Congress. demanding free speech for military chaplains who pray in Jesus' name. So we had a great victory because whenever 300,000 Americans petition Congress for something with an 85% public approval rating, Congress finds a way to act. And in fact, I was vindicated by the United States Congress. I met with the chief of staff for Senator John Warner, who at that time was the chairman of the Senate Armed Services Committee. And the next day, the senator made a speech on the floor of the U.S. Senate. He said, I, John Warner, am being besieged by bloggers, emails, phone calls, faxes. Everyone in America, it seems, wants to let chaplains pray in Jesus' name. So, by order of the United States Congress, we are inserting language into the National Defense Authorization Act and the conference report that's attached to that. And we order the Secretary of the Navy to reverse and rescind this bad prayer policy, 1730.7C. The same policy that was enforced against me by the judge is now reversed and rescinded by order of Congress. And thanks be to God, now all the other chaplains are free again to pray in Jesus' name, even in uniform, even in public, seven days a week. At least on paper, they have that right, and we, we changed the law. We restored freedom of speech for all the other chaplains, and we had a great victory. Thanks be to God for that.
0: Now, chaplain, you say that they are allowed to pray in Jesus' name, but let me ask you, are Christian chaplains still under attack? I mean, I don't think we can just rest on this. Are they still under attack?
1: Yes. Uh, In fact, those 65 chaplains who are suing the Navy are still in the courts, uh, cannot get promoted. There is uh, widespread discrimination against evangelical chaplains, and I suppose i'm the primary example of that right Mm -hmm. Uh, even though we won the victory in congress we changed the law that victory was not grandfathered back to my case and so the navy lawyers even today they argue well the chaplain klingenschmidt he was the one who violated that policy at the time it was a good policy and so he should be punished perhaps as the sacrificial lamb and four months later in march of oh seven i was honorably discharged But I lost a 16-year career. I lost a million-dollar pension. My wife and I were evicted from our home on the Navy base. And people say, chaps, that's a great price to pay. But was it worth it? Would you do it all over again? And what do you think I tell them?
0: Absolutely. Yes,
1: because I didn't water down my prayers, and I didn't deny my faith, and I kept my soul. And Jesus said one time, what does it profit a man if you gain the entire world? And rank and promotion and money and all that, houses and a pension, I suppose, could be factored in there. If you keep all that, but you lose your soul in the process, then what have you really gained? And so I did, I suppose, maintain my conscience. I never denied the name of Jesus. I continue to pray and preach in Jesus' name without fear. And even if they take away from me everything... Jesus, you are worth more to me than everything else this world has to offer. So, yes, there are other chaplains now, and we have been defending. I lead the Pray in Jesus Name Project. Our website is PrayInJesusName.org, and we've now been fighting for the rights of uh, other military chaplains, and not just chaplains, but hospital chaplains and police chaplains and pastors, their right to pray publicly in Jesus' name, and Together, we have helped to change the law now in 12 states uh, where people had been excluded or punished or censored because they dared to use the word Jesus in a public prayer. And, of course, a lot of atheist complainers file lawsuits to try to stop the name of Jesus from being spoken in public. But they don't understand the First Amendment. The First Amendment protects the right of the speaker, not the easily offended ears of the atheist complainer. So we are defending these issues. Sometimes we go to court. Sometimes we send petitions. We've now delivered 4.5 million fax petitions to Congress in the last five years. Defending pro life, pro marriage, pro Jesus, and pro Israel issues.
0: Hold that thought, Chaplain. We've got to take a break. Listeners, today my guest is Gordon James Klingenschmidt, former U.S. Navy Chaplain, and we're talking to him about his story. We will be back momentarily on the True Seekers radio show.
3: In the vault. Now you can listen to classic conservative Patriot Talk radio shows of yesteryear like Chuck Carter's For the People, Bill Cooper's Hour of the Time, Joyce Riley's Power Hour, Stan Monteith's Radio Liberty, Tom Donahue's Free Thinker Radio, and many other classic shows. Listen 24-7 at PatriotRadioClassics.com. That's PatriotRadioClassics.com.
2: Millions take comfort in God's Word on a daily basis. But what about the ones who cannot hear these precious words of truth? Where would I find hope? Imagine God's Word in the tongue of those who thirst for the same hope you enjoy on a daily basis. You can help them experience the same blessings you take for granted. This book is like a GPS system. I turn to it to chart my course as I begin each new day. Help someone hear God's Word for the first time by becoming a Wycliffe Associates volunteer and take part in the goal of Vision 2025, helping start a Bible translation in every language that needs one by the year 2025. Find out more by calling 800-THE-WORD. Who will show me the way? Make a difference and help share the hope of God's living word. Call 1-800-THE-WORD. That's 800-843-9673. Or go to our website at WycliffeAssociates.org and find out how you can become a Wycliffe Associates volunteer.
0: you're listening to the True Seekers radio show today our guest is Gordon James Klingenschmitt former US Navy chaplain and chaplain you know in general i think christians today are losing the spiritual battle because i think in general they're afraid to say anything when they see things going wrong i mean all you have to do is look around and see what's going on in the world today so what do you think really drove you to stand up and fight for what you thought was right?
1: Well, I believe in religious liberty. I have swore an oath to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against its foreign and domestic enemies. And when I saw domestic enemies of the Constitution trampling on not just my rights, but the rights of all people of faith, Uh, Listen, I defended my Jewish sailors' right to eat kosher food. I defended my Muslim sailors' right to pray to Allah, even on the ship's microphone. I defended – in fact, we invited Wiccans and atheists to come and teach our Bible study. So we should have religious diversity in the military. Instead, they're enforcing – or they were enforcing – a religious conformity to one government-sanitized religion – force everybody to water down their prayers and pray to the neutered government God, maybe the one that's printed on our money. uh, But when they forbid any sectarian or diverse expression of faith, especially banning the word Jesus as illegal speech, then I think they're the ones who have crossed the line of separation. They're imposing and they're violating both halves of the First Amendment. The free exercise clause is violated because we cannot have free exercise, and the establishment clause is violated because they're establishing a non-sectarian faith as the official government religion, requiring that all the chaplains of diverse faiths have to pray to the same God in the same way, and that's not right. So, I took my oath to defend the Constitution very seriously, and of course, my primary oath is to my civilian bishop, and we represent... Our Christian faith, when we come to the military to minister, uh, we don't represent the government's religion. Of course, the government shouldn't have a religion. So I wanted to honor Jesus Christ, and that's what I was sent there to do, and that's what I was uh, paid to do. That's what I volunteered to do. I took a demotion and a pay cut to become a chaplain in the first place. We're not just morale officers. If somebody needs secular counseling, they can go to a psychologist. And that's confidential, and that's free in the military. Uh, But if somebody needs spiritual care, and they want to hear the Bible, and they want to worship on Sunday morning, uh, the Constitution and, and courts have actually ruled that chaplains are required by the Constitution because when our sailors go to sea, they don't forsake their religion, and they have to have a pastor go with them to serve communion or to facilitate Uh, the free exercise of that religion. So when they take that away from a chaplain, they're also taking it away from all of our troops. And I think our troops who sacrifice and sometimes die on foreign battlefields to defend freedom of religion for others, they should not be denied that same freedom of religion for themselves. So it's a very passionate issue for me, and I defend everybody's freedom of religion, even the people I disagree with. Uh, But then... When it was my turn, they punished me for talking about Jesus.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm surprised you say that you even had, you came to the defense of other religions. I'm surprised that they put restraints on other religions. I really only thought it might be Christianity. But overall, this uh, neutral type of religious faith, you say that they're, Pushing. Do you think those in the military even realize that this is going on? Do they really see it happening, or do you think they're sort of oblivious to it?
1: Yes, I think they see it happening. Uh, No, they're not oblivious. Uh, I think many people in the military now feel threatened, and I can give you countless examples. Um, Just last month, a tech sergeant in Utah, in the Utah Air National Guard, received a letter of reprimand. For writing an email to a chaplain, and in the email he said he objected to what he perceived as the desecration of the of the chapel building at West Point when the Obama administration authorized a homosexual wedding to take place on a Saturday. The airmen had a difference of opinion about that, and I guess we're all entitled to our opinions. But simply for writing that opinion to a chaplain and saying, hey, doesn't that desecrate the chapel and deprive me of a sacred worship space on Sunday? Well, that email was sent up to the Commandant of Cadets who forwarded it over to the Utah commander who gave a letter of reprimand to the airman for simply opposing the desecration of his chapel building. That's a one specific example. Another uh, chaplain in Utah, uh, excuse me, <coughs> chaplain in Alaska. Kenneth Reyes, uh, was recently censored by his commander and forced to remove his blog from an Internet website where he wrote, quoting the president in 1954, Dwight Eisenhower once wrote, there are no atheists in foxholes. Well, just for saying that, on a blog this year, Chaplain Reyes was censored and forced to retract, and the blog was taken down by his commanding officer, so he doesn't even have the freedom to talk about uh, wartime religion or the idea that people come to faith in God when they want, when they go to war, something I witnessed when I was on the front lines in Operation Iraqi Freedom. So chaplains are being censored. Another chaplain was uh, relieved of his duties, and they took away the keys to his chapel building because he declined to schedule a homosexual wedding that with desecrated the Catholic altar or the Protestant altar. And so they have now enforced, in fact, there's a policy memo signed in 2011 by a Pentagon bureaucrat named Jay Johnson, which requires chapel buildings in all 50 states must be open to gay weddings. And, you know, people have, I suppose, a, a religious right to worship however they wish, but that doesn't mean that they can, desecrate the Catholic altar to do that. Uh, th- th- you know, if they find... And, and there are separate worship spaces for Muslims, for uh, Wiccans and atheists and, and Buddhists. Uh, they don't have to share the, the Catholic Church, which is sacred, I think. But uh, for the Pentagon now to enforce these rights against the rights of Christians... Is now really, you know, I suppose violating the free exercise rights of Christians who object. So there are, there's a lot of pressure now on chaplains. There's a lot of pressure on troops. Um, just this morning, I saw there is now bonus pay be- being given to uh, gay soldiers. To they can take ten, up to 10 days of paid leave to go get married if they want a gay wedding, but that same benefit is not extended to straight couples who want to go get married. So now it's, the pendulum has swung the other way after a repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell. They're now uh, punishing troops who refuse to share common sleeping quarters, refuse to share common shower facilities with people who may be violating them. Uh, sexual harassment is at an all-time high in the military. In 2012, the Pentagon stats now showed... 26,000 members of our military suffered from sexual assault, and more than half of those, 14,000 victims, were men. Well, only 2% of the perpetrators are female. So when you have 98% of the aggressors are male and more than half of the victims are male, you have a a serious male-on-male sexual assault problem happening in the military. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's brushed under the carpet, but I think it proves what our founding fathers knew all along, that... Uh, homosexual aggressive behavior is fundamentally incompatible with military service. And it was better under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. At least they could serve without being aggressive. But now they're, you know, I suppose violating other people with sexual assault, as the Pentagon's own statistics prove. So it's difficult to be a Christian in the military these days. Uh, And we're fighting for religious freedom. We've been sending petitions now to the U.S. Congress, and thank God we have sent this year, I want to say, a few hundred thousand petitions for free speech. And finally, there is an amendment in this year's National Defense Authorization Act of 2014 to protect military chaplains' right to pray in Jesus' name. Now, even though they reversed the Navy policy for my case in 2006, they never passed a positive law. And this year could be the first year that they pass a positive law in Section 529 of the NDAA, which would protect any chaplain's right to end or close a prayer according to his own faith. Very simple language. You'd think it would be common sense. Uh, And also Section 530 of the NDAA would protect the free speech rights not just of chaplains, but of all of our troops. If they express a moral or religious or conscience objection, they cannot be punished for their speech, except in cases of extreme military necessity. So this would protect the First Amendment rights of all of our troops, and I think it's high time that we pass those. I hope they get through the Senate. If people want to sign a petition for that, they can visit our website, Pray in Jesus. G- jesusname.org, and defend the free speech rights of all of our troops. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay, Uh, Chaplain, when we come back, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about, I saw something on your website where you offered a reward to students who would pray during a graduation ceremony in a Florida school. So when we come back, I was just wondering if you could touch a little bit on that. Uh, listeners, yep. today my guest is Gordon James Klingenschmidt, former U.S. Navy chaplain, and we will be back right after these messages.
2: Did you know a sugary drink contains around 200 empty calories per can? This is Registered Dietitian Jim White. It's no surprise, extra sugar means extra calories. This can result in weight gain offering little to no nutritional benefit. Nutritionally sound beverage choices are water, 100% fruit juice, and low-fat or fat-free milk. Cutting out sugary drinks allows you more room for fruits and vegetables, whole grains, lean proteins, and low-fat dairy. This is Registered Dietitian Jim White. Visit EatRight.org for more healthy tips.
0: In a nation that has lost its way, Essays in Liberty is an important work. There has never been a time since the American Revolution that has called for a greater effort in teaching the principles of liberty. The vast majority of America has become liberty illiterate. Help revive our founders' vision of a constitutional representative republic. Fight for freedom today. Essays in Liberty will equip you to do just that. Order Dr. David Berman's latest book, Essays in Liberty, at SmellTheTruth.com. That's SmellTheTruth.com. (music) we <music> Welcome back. You're listening to the Tree Seekers Radio Show. Today our guest is Gordon James Clean, Schmidt, former U.S. Navy Chaplain. And Chaplain, before we continue, would you like to give your website address again and also any other contact information?
1: Yes, our website is PrayInJesusName.org. Again, that's PrayInJesusName.org. And I would love to <clears throat> come and speak at uh, some of the churches in your listening area, I've preached in 28 churches and, uh, excuse me, 28 states, over 100 churches, uh, and I would love to come out to California again. But I I do pray that people would call me toll-free at 866-Obey-God. That's my toll-free number, 866-O-B-E-Y-G-O-D, and give me some feedback about what you think, or maybe sign up for our free email alert at prayinjesusname.org. We have about 20,000 daily email subscribers, and we have now delivered 4.5 million fax petitions to Congress in the last five years. We're a new affiliate of a different website uh, called faxcongress.com, and at, at faxcongress.com, any citizen can write any petition. And it'll instantly be converted into real fax paper on your congressman's desk for free. So it's a great way for people to get involved at faxcongress.com. And uh, we have been defending not just military rights, but pro-life and pro-Israel and uh, pro-marriage causes around America. And we've been fighting against abortion, and we've been fighting against uh, government funding of Planned Parenthood and fighting against the funding of uh, the Muslim Brotherhood Overseas, who, as you saw in the news this past week, burned over 60 churches in Egypt and is killing Christians in Syria. And uh, we have an aggressive, I suppose, religious liberty agenda. We've defended hospital chaplains and police chaplains and pastors, and we've helped change the law in 12 states. There is a case going to the Supreme Court this year, Greece versus Galloway will be argued in the United States Supreme Court in October of this year, just a couple months away, and they will decide if it's legal or illegal to pray in Jesus' name at a city council meeting. Uh, The town of Greece had an open policy where they let anyone say a prayer. Well, a couple of anti-Jesus complainers filed a lawsuit because they heard some of the pastors pray in Jesus' name. And the atheist complainers won, and... That was uh, really a ban by the Second Circuit out of New York to make the word Jesus illegal so that nobody can speak the name of Jesus. Well, I don't think that's right, Uh, and thank God the Supreme Court took this case, so it could set, you know, I think it's the most important religious liberty case of our generation, and it will be argued this fall. So pray with me. I, I hope to attend that as a member of the press, and we hope to, you know, report Uh, a good decision next July when they announce whether it's okay or not okay Mm -hmm. to use the word Jesus in public.
0: Okay, Chaplain, we only have a few minutes left, so did you want to talk briefly about the Florida school? And then also, before we close, I'd like you to talk about these latest death threats I heard that have been against you. Can you go ahead and talk about those things before we close?
1: Yes, thank you. Uh, the, The Florida legislature passed a bill last year. It's now Florida law that allows any public school to protect and authorize religious speech by students. Student-initiated speech is is constitutionally protected under several court case precedents. But uh, in this case, there is a, a group of atheists who are threatening to sue a school in Florida if they let a student say a prayer at his or her graduation speech. You know, if you're a valedictorian and you're allowed to say a speech, uh, you should be allowed to say a prayer if you want to during that speech. And so we're offering a $1,000 reward to the students in the school district, I think it's around Jacksonville, Florida, who are now being forbidden by the school district from saying a prayer when it is their legal right under Florida law and under constitutional law to say a prayer. So... If the government wants to ban free speech, we're going to reward a student who exercises free speech with a $1,000 reward. So nobody yet has taken us up on that. uh, It's open for the next three years. Hopefully some of those uh, sophomores, juniors, and rising seniors will take us up and say a prayer at their graduation address. Also, we have been getting death threats from a group named Right Wing Watch. Some of their followers have posted Uh, comments on their YouTube blog, which they refused to take down, which still today threaten, can we murder the chaplain? Yes, we can murder him. Uh, Let's take a 45 caliber to him. He needs a renovation with a 45 caliber. So these are, I suppose, not really just the cost of doing business, but I have uh, received these kind of intimidating threats from atheist groups and we're now in contact with the FBI, and they're going to start an investigation. And uh, We do pray for our safety. I pray for our, our finances. If anyone out there can help us, please donate at PrayInJesusName.org and help us to fight these battles on your, on your behalf.
0: Okay, Chaplain, any more closing thoughts that you might have for the listeners regarding your experience or anyone that might experience similar, similar uh, persecution?
1: Well, I would like to offer a prayer. If, if anyone out there would be willing to pray with me, uh, what would you do if the government came to you tomorrow and said, we're going to take away your job, your pension, your career, uh, your house, if you don't just water down your prayers and deny Christ? Would anyone out there listening be willing to take a stand for Christ, even if it costs you very much? Let us pray. Father in heaven, we do worship you, and we invite you to rule our hearts today. And we want to be counted among those who would take a stand, who would not deny our faith, who would not refuse or water down or compromise our conscience, our beliefs, and lose our soul. But instead, Father, we are unashamed of the name of Jesus Christ. And we will stand for him. We will stand for religious freedom. We will stand for the gospel because it is the power of the gospel that allows people to be saved. Jesus, we thank you for dying for us on the cross, for forgiving our sins, and we receive you as our Lord and Savior today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: You know, Chaplain, and I don't think it's a question of if but when. It's only when that each of us is going to be held accountable to stand up for what we say we believe, because... Saying that you, you would stand up is one thing, and then when the time comes, it's a whole other game. Then you have to really see what you're made of. Do you think that this persecution of Christians in the military is an intentional thing?
1: I think it is intentional by some, and it's accidental by some. I think there are some commanders who are uninformed about... The Constitution, and um, they don't consult their lawyers. They just shoot from the hip because they don't want to end up in the newspapers uh, on the wrong side. I mean, there uh, there are some anti-Jesus complainers like Mikey Weinstein and his militant religion foes organization that threaten to sue, or they always lose their their lawsuits because they don't understand the First Amendment protects the troops' rights to talk about Jesus. But when somebody gets offended by that, then the commander has to step in and, you know, stop the offense. And sometimes they punish the Christian wrongly for exercising his freedom of religious expression. And that's not right. So we need to educate commanders. We need to hold commanders accountable. If a commander gets it wrong, we will be the first one to print their name in the newspaper on the other side and say, uh, you know, and I'm working with lawyers, John Wells who is representing several of these uh, troops, and we're filing lawsuits. My my case is now in court, in the D.C. Court of Claims, and uh, the judges routinely stand with us and uphold the First Amendment. Sometimes you'll get a liberal judge who doesn't like freedom of religion, but most of the times we win in court, and we are successful, and we do change the law, and we have the public on our side. When 85% of Americans want freedom of religion for chaplains, then I think that's an ill-advised fight for some lone commander to take on that many congressmen at one time, uh, because that will cost you your next promotion. Yeah, and a lot of the commanders who fight against Jesus end up getting flushed out of the military themselves because we expose them and put their names in print. So we are fighting for everyone's religious freedom, and um, and I, I pray that people will stand with us, at least subscribe to our free newsletter at PrayInJesusName.org.
0: Okay, Chaplain, listen, thanks so much for taking the time out to join us today. Listeners, today my guest has been Gordon James Schmidt, former U.S. Navy Chaplain of PrayInJesusName.com. Until next week, God bless.
3: Vault. Now you can listen to classic conservative Patriot Talk radio shows of yesteryear like Chuck Carter's For the People, Bill Cooper's Hour of the Time, Joyce Riley's Power Hour, Stan Monteith's Radio Liberty, Tom Donahue's Free Thinker Radio, and many other classic shows. Listen 24-7 at PatriotRadioClassics.com. That's PatriotRadioClassics.com.
2: Hi, I'm Mark Spitz. I've been swimming all my life. I've won gold medals, even broken world records, but that doesn't mean that I'll go boating without wearing my life jacket. Even if you're a good swimmer, please wear your life jacket. This message brought to you by the National Safe Boating Council and the United States Coast Guard.